It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm flying home by Perisic! It's Eric Dyer. Bang! Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they did it! What a strike by Bissouma. Audius tying it again and wins it. Great work from Romero. What a save by Lloris. Jed Spence. Oh! Off the bar of Jonasson. Bulgari Kulaseski. The strike at Gasson. Scores. Crossing Kane. Can you truly believe this? Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us as we bring you a post-match analysis show of Spurs' friendly against Nice, which ends in a 1-1 draw, a friendly of all kinds, we're being honest with you. And also we're discussing Antonio Conte's contract situation and looking ahead to Brentford to come very, very soon now on Boxing Day. We're joined by three of our great returning regular guests on Last Word on Spurs. I'm going to guide you through this next hour and a bit of all things Tottenham. Joining me, uh, top right of my screen, he's delighted to be back. It can only be Jason McGovern. Jace? Yeah, hurry up. There cricket da- in the background? No cricket, but hurry up. The darts is on. I'm missing MVG. You thought reminded me of earlier. I thought he was behind on Spurs play. Behind on Spurs play. The wonderful Jason McGovern's back. Joining Jason again, two of our returning regular guests. We've got the wonderful Mr. Cracknell back, seated in the lands of Rossi's in the house. Cracks, how are you, bud? Hurry up, Rick. The Canarian wrestling's on. Oh, for God's sake. What am I dealing with tonight? What am I dealing uh, with here? Jesus Christ. Evening, oh. Rick. Evening, Frank, Jason and everybody hello, watching. Cracks. And uh, hello, hello. Nice to be back. Lovely gathering over at Beaver Town for the Christmas show. Rick, uh, wasn't so sure about that snow because it took me about 48 hours to get home. I was literally sitting on the plane when it got cancelled. I mean, that was that. So, uh, but home I got. It's been a while since since he's been on last one on Spurs. Love to have him back on during this Christmas break. We've got the wonderful Frankie Majors in the house. The Majors here. Frankie, how you been, bud? Looking forward to Spurs being back in your life? Yeah, well, well, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Depending on the state state of the squad, 
um, for, for the Brentford game. But um, no, I've had, I've had a bit of a break from the show. Um, I've actually really enjoyed the World Cup. Um, I think it came at the right time for us uh, as a squad because uh, there were games like Newcastle and Liverpool, games I felt we didn't deserve to lose and injuries and so on. So I, I felt the break uh, helped us. But now I'm looking at the Brentford game and who's available and who's not possibly. And I'm not sure. So... Uh, yeah, we'll get into that, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's good to be back. And I'm looking forward to a return of the Premier League because as great as the World Cup is and all the other football you watch, you cannot beat Premier League football. You can't. So, uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. And, yeah. and actually, actually, we never welcome you to the show, Rick, but uh, welcome back. Have you enjoyed the break since the Nottingham Forest Cup tie? And are you over it yet? No, we should have been playing tonight in a Cup tie. Uh, that, you know I mean? I think at one point when I saw Leeds getting murdered 4-1 at home by Monaco, I thought the 1-1 draw against Nice is quite a respectable result. But again, I think tonight, as we know, it's a bit of a workout for the boys. We'll get your thoughts on it for sure. We know Maka loves the laser crush. And just on Maka, disappointed that he can't be with us tonight. Maka, illness has permitted him from this one. Wishing you a very speedy recovery from us all here. And as I say, get well soon. We need you for Boxing Day. No He's just sent me a message that he is watching the darts. <laughs> He said, stuff the, he said, stuff the pod, MVG's on, I'll talk to you later. That's what he says. That's what annual leave gets you these days, Jace. You can get your darts. That's why I've booked you in for a couple he's of He's thrown a sickie in, Rick. Rick, he's thrown, thrown a sickie in to watch the darts, reprimand him, put him on a, put him on a verbal warning at least, Rick. Who, who does our head of HR? Is it Andy Costa? Let's bring Ant in. Let's, <laughs> let's send Ant down there a word with him. Sure, Ant does the head of HR these days when he's not gigging, bless him. We'll, we'll send that to Ant tomorrow morning and see what he can do. Boys, let's touch upon tonight's friendly, what we've just witnessed. Spurs won, Nice won. Frank, let's actually start with you. Good out for Tottenham. Probably more of an exercise than really anything you can really take from that game. Matt Doherty, for him, is his fourth goal in three friendlies in that first half. Counted out by Mendy, who scored in 90 seconds of the restart. Anything you can take from that, Frankie, overall, that game itself? It was what it was. It was a friendly. Um, there were a couple of performances uh, that were encouraging. Basuma looked comfortable. Uh, Doherty in the first half, had, he was a good outlet for us. Obviously scored again. But um, it was a friendly in, in every every way, shape or form. And I mean, it was interesting to see Ross Barkley and Nicholas Pepe play as well. Obviously, Casper Schmeichel returned. But um, you can't take too much from that. The fact that obviously we had so many players missing and also it's a friendly. So the players are obviously not going to overexert themselves. We didn't have a proper striker, as Jason was saying off air. Um, we didn't have a, a you know a, a target to play off. So mm, I, I wouldn't read too much into that. It's encouraging that players are getting minutes and fitness and, and a bit more of a momentum building up to the Brentford game. But we were missing too many key players to, to, to read into that for me. Um, I am a bit surprised that Davinson Sanchez was made captain over Huibier. And even someone like Fraser Forster, who's a senior yeah, player, you know? That's interesting. Um, yeah, it's A little, little, little bit surprising, but nah. Um, someone's just commented on Brian Hill. Full of endeavour, no real quality for me. Still looks a little bit lightweight for, for the Premier League and English football. Even though we were playing Nice, he just, he just seems, you know... That I, think bit... you said it. I think you said it, Frank. He needs an English loan, doesn't he? Probably. Yeah. He needs a loan he needs in the to, Premier League. Needs to toughen up a bit. Toughen up a bit, but... Um, yeah, you know, I watched it. it. It was it was what it was. The second half was a bit drab, but bring on Brentford away. Um, you know, that's where the, the real test is for us. So um, you can't read too much into these friendlies, Rick. Mm. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, Brentford is going to be the acid test. That's where we're going to really see what the Spurs side are like. Obviously, having to recover from the World Cup, a lot of players mentally as well as a, as well as physically. Uh, Kratz, come over to you. Look, I mean. As I said there to Frank, more of a good workout than anything else. I mean, there's valuable minutes in there for some of the first teamers, the likes of Doherty, 
you know, and important probably for some of the World Cup players. You look at the likes of Son, Hoybier, Dyer Davis, just to get a few minutes under their belts. I mean, cracks. Can you really read anything into a game like that when there's so many changes made throughout? I think the most interesting thing, Rick, was how close to the bench Daniel Levy and the board was sitting this evening rather than up in their, uh, their, their, their thought, godlike seats. I thought at one point, Cracks, they'll make up the subs. Well, this is what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking, are they actually like, getting them a little bit lower and a little bit lower? Come, come Saturday, we might have Donna Cullen on the bench and... Uh, coming on as right back from about 70 minutes or last 20 minutes, 20 minutes run out. We seem to be so short. So, uh, no, it's, you can't really take anything from that. It gave some kids a bit of a run out, didn't they, as well, to see what they were like and just give them a bit of a feel of the stadium and a crowd. So, you know, that that that's all good when, when you do that. Doherty looked... Uh, fantastic this evening he looks like he's getting back to the player that, that we brought in so uh, the old Irish Cafu there um, Hill again you know, some lovely touches you know how much I love Brian Hill yeah. but oh man he's just like you know skins of rice puddings isn't he he just couldn't knock one off he's he, he has he, he just like he's got to go that's got to be up there Cracks, that's got to be up there go, for you. Skins oh, of rice puddings. Yeah, oh, he couldn't take a skin off a rice pudding. Skin of a rice pudding, though, don't you, Cracks? Oh, no. <laughs> he's just like, honestly, he needs he needs to go up north, doesn't he? He needs a right horrible loan somewhere, like right in the trenches. Just, just send him out to Grimsby or Blackburn. Stoke, or Stoke or, Blackburn. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, Bolton or somewhere, you know. Just send him somewhere and just, I don't know. I, I like him. Alone would really. I don't want to see him go. That's the thing. I think there is there's a real prospect in there. But uh, again, he's just so lightweight, isn't he? But um, yeah, <laughs> you're welcome, Fiona, for that for that image. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it, it was nice to see Mundell. Like came on, didn't he? There was a few of them that came on yep. and got got a little run out. But it was interesting today to hear Pep. Um, saying that the players coming back from the World Cup actually look sharper than those players that have ticked over because they've been getting those mean minutes under their yeah. under their belt. So um Danny Murphy, the same today talking on Talk Sports, said you're probably better off with a team full of players that have actually been to the World Cup because they've been at full throttle. So it is going to be a very, very interesting restart you know everybody's saying it's halfway it's not it's it's only a third in there's two thirds to go so um yeah it would be it would be a fun could be a funny old weekend of results just as people feel their way back in it's a unique season yeah so um so so let's see where it takes us but this evening yeah a, a, a good a good run out but but that was it. it was a training session and a chance to flog a few cups of bovril and take a tenner off of one stand full of people, wasn't it, really? Well, yeah, put it like that. I mean, it, it, again, I, I, you can tell I'm not over it. It should have been, Jay's come over to you, the Carabao Cup night. It isn't the Carabao Cup night. King Arnold says, do these games actually teach us anything? I think, again, from a game like that, very difficult to really take much from it because it felt so much, Jay's like a very friendly-ish game. It wasn't at the intensity of a Premier League contest. It looked like it was set up to get some minutes for the available senior players and to almost reacquaint people with the actual system of play. Is that how you saw it, Jace, overall? Yeah, I think so. But, you know, 
with great respect, that's all they're going to be, isn't it? You're not going to get people at full throttle. It's difficult in the pretty much, well, 9,000 stadium, all at one end. Difficult to get that that um, real uh, intensity of a Premier League game, the pace of an intensity, the pace of a Premier League game. Few people, I mean, you know, even those those uh, first team players, if you like, players like Jafet Tanganga, he's barely kicked a ball all season anyway, has he? So you know, he's you know, he's another one that okay, he's a first team player, but hasn't really shown anything this year. Davinson Sanchez, bits and pieces, so. You know, it's very, very difficult without a, a proper striker to work around the ball. I feel a little bit for Harvey White having to do that role because I'd have liked to have seen Harvey White in his, in his genuine role. But he's done something for the team and, and you know, he may get a few brownie points from Conte. I thought uh, Papa Sarr in the second half looked uh, some nice touches of the ball and, and looked like he could bring something to the squad in the not-too-distant future. But very, very difficult. But, I, I, you know... Schmeichel made more. Fraser Fawcett didn't have a great deal to do, did he? And Schmeichel made three or four saves. So perhaps we should have just should have just nicked it. But you know, Kulu one or two nice touches. The one big thing you know you, you could definitely see was Matt Doherty is a better wing back than Emerson Royal. Yeah. Quite simply, you know, the threats yeah. all came from Matt Doherty as they have done through the through the Motherwell and the the Peterborough game. So yeah. you know, I would sincerely hope he'll start on one side and then it's a choice between whether you go setting on at Brentford who's had no minutes or you, you go with Emerson Royal and you play Doherty one side. So we'll see what it is, but difficult to, to really know what type of team we'll have at Brentford. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, again, we're dealing with a situation where this is, you know, it, it, I mean, how can I put this in the most politest way? You know, the, this situation that we find ourselves in is not the usual where you've got players that are coming back from a mid-season World Cup. And therefore, to try and manage that situation and bed in players and then put them back in can be tricky, Jace, right? Yeah, I mean, just just the one thing, it's a bit of a worry for us, but every single team in the Premier League is in the same position, all right? Not all of our players away from the World Cup, but your, your Man Cities, the Chelsea's, the Man United's, they've all had players away at the World Cup as well. So they're they're equally as, um, you know, as, as unprepared for the restart as us. And then if you look at even teams like Forest and Brentford's and and such that didn't have so many away, you know, they, they haven't played any competitive football either. So it's not an ideal scenario for anyone. And I think all, all 20 teams are going into a, a bit of the unknown on Boxing Day and those couple of games over a few days after that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think sorry, just to interject there. Brent for that. Go on, go on Frank, go on, sorry. I was, go on, just, Frank, I was go only going to say no, Brentford had six players go. Six, uh, yeah, six, six. Brentford have had go. But majority yeah. of them were with Denmark, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Not turn the groups. So yeah. it's different. I, I just think, going back to what you've said, Rick, about the League Cup and you'd prefer us to be playing Blackburn away tonight, Forest actually have gone through. Uh, it would have been tough for us to actually put a team out that, with a goal threat because obviously Kulisevsky plays, but Richardson yeah. doesn't play, Kane doesn't play, Son's ill. So, you know, in, oh, I, yeah, here you yeah, it no, would, I, have been, I, it I would have been so difficult. Obviously, I'd prefer to be in it and have a chance yeah. to go through. And I understand yeah. exactly what you're saying, but the timing yeah. of it, it just went against us. And uh, yeah, I'd, it's 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 tough, Rick. You know. Yeah. You look Actually, at Newcastle though. They're boy Newcastle are buoyant now, going through last night. They're on a really good run. They're an opportunity to win a cup. You know, again, I, I have to let it go, and I will let it go. It's the last time I'm going to mention it now this season. Just I will let it go. Rick. Sorry, Rick. It wouldn't have been Blackburn away. It would have been Lincoln at home. Because the draw was done alphabetically. And a, and a, and a, and oh, it's done alphabetically. So how did they get on? Anyone know how they got on tonight? 
Southampton would have been a ball higher and Tottenham would have taken Southampton's ball or something. We'd have had Lincoln yeah. or something like that. Yeah, we'd have been yeah. at home to Lincoln. Yeah. That would have been last night. That would have been last, last night, night then. Yeah. That would have been last night. Yeah. yeah. We are going to forget the Carabao Cup, or I am going to forget the Carabao Cup for my own mental sanity. Cracks, let's bring you in. I mean, one player I think Jace picked up on there was Pape Matasar. I think, you know, he really impressed in that second half, to be fair. Again, you have to take into account the opponent we're facing. But, um, look, he made a big impression during the World Cup for Senegal. He, I think, came on uh, in the second half against England, got some decent minutes. You know, for someone like him, Cracks, is that an opportunity tonight that he's taken? Does it mean think when you look at the grand scheme of things in terms of January, or do you think he is going to need a loan in the second half of the season when we've got all the midfielders back available once the resumption of the Premier League begins? What do you think? I suppose it, it depends how much he impresses around the training ground, doesn't he? And what sort of Conte and the team seem from him. And Conte, we know, that takes some counsel on him. And, uh, you know, the, the coaches that work closely with him uh, on, on the training pitch, I would think Conte sort of oversees things more and then will just speak to the relevant coaches. And, uh, yeah, he, you know, he looks a real prospect, doesn't he? He's... He's he's a great kid, and we saw tonight. He's he's really good, but got some nice touches and that. But it might be another one that needs to go out on loan and get some more hard yards under his belt. Um, but this is something Conte's been telling us: we're we're another four or five windows away from getting the, the squad where he he would like it to be. So. You know, it's patience again, isn't it? Hill, pa- uh, you know, Papasar, there's there's a few of them now. But, but some might may flourish and come through quicker than others. Some might have to go on loan and some may just fall by the wayside. That's that's just the yeah. way it is. So um, injuries yeah. and that, you might get a little bit lucky and, you know, one or two injuries and he gets in, comes in and grabs his chance. You, you really don't know, you know, Harry Kane. Was the same. It was only a couple of injuries that got him into the side, and bang, yeah. he was away and, and off and running. So, uh, yeah, the, a, a lot of that's crystal ball stuff, isn't it, Rick? Really, you Absolutely. just don't know yeah. what 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 the future offers you. So, uh, yeah. but he looks a prospect. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a rosy future for him, I think. Yeah, I mean, I know many alluding to the fact there are bigger topics on the horizon at the moment with regards to Spurs in terms of Antonio Conte's contract situation, which we are going to cover. Uh, but for the sake of those that are just keen to know how this friendly panned out tonight, we are just going to share the team on the screen. Now, for Jason's sake, I have to say, Jace, uh, our back office has been working overtime now because we haven't unfortunately got a picture for the dear old Harvey White. So you have to forgive us, Jace, when this goes up because uh, we are going to come up to you, Jason. <laughs> on this team. So Harvey White, currently we're working on an image for Harvey White. So please forgive the background. Rick, <laughs> <Harvey White's laughs> is, is Harvey black. White in witness protection? <laughs> Harvey White, witness protection. Harvey. He's gone stall pigeon. Look. So for, for Harvey's own sake, uh, like I say, it's, it's one of those things where we are working on the image for Harvey. We were thrown by Conte's team lineup tonight. So that team, as you can see there, was, was fairly strong for Conte, given the fact that, of course, players come back from the World Cup and you look at the fact that, you know, we welcome comes back to this side in terms of the squad. Uh, Pierre-Mir Hoybier, Hummin Son, um, Fraser Forster starting in goal. Um, obviously missed out on the past couple of games due to a minor knock. We had Damson Sanchez, Clement Longley continuing in the back three. And the duo were joined by Jaffet Tanganga in defence once again with the returning Eric Dyer. Now we're basing this, of course, on uh, Spurs' previous couple of friendlies where they beat Motherwell 
and Peterborough, along with beating, I think they're under 20. It was actually Peterborough's under 21s in a behind closed door friendly. Um, Jed Spence, not part of this match day squad. It meant Emerson Royale came into the 11. Uh, Matt Doherty continued on that left wing back spot once again with Ryan Sessing, who was actually going on the bench for this one due to his recent injury issue. Hoybier returning to that centre of midfield alongside Eve Basuma. And as we know, Betacor still remains out after sustaining that abductor muscle injury to his right leg at the World Cup. But Conte has indicated that hopefully um, he should be back in contention for Aston Villa on New Year's Day. Son, as we mentioned, named on the bench. So we had that front three of Deanne Kulisewski, Harvey White and Brian Hill continuing as they have done in recent pre-season friendlies. Harry Kane, just to add, of course, not part of the matchday squad, but we do understand Kane came back to training this week but was given an extra rest tonight after starting every one of England's World Cup campaign games. So Tottenham's team read, Force at Tanganga, Sanchez, Longley, Emerson, Hoybier, Basuma, Doherty, Kulisewski, White, Bryan, with a bench of Austin, Whiteman, Pakoski, Dyer, Davis, Sayers, Cissé, Saar, Session John, Lakeshire, Son, Divine, Mundell, Santiago. And when I read that team out, it kind of reinforces the point Frank said there that, you know, Spurs would be at the bare bones tonight if they were in that Carabao Cup. But Jace, overall, is that a team you were roughly expecting or was it always going to be a lottery as to who was going to play this friendly, in your opinion? It would have been nice to have uh, seen Jed Spence continue, but obviously the the, the the illness virus or whatever has, has accounted for that. And otherwise, that's pretty much all that was available. Um, Hoiberg back. We knew Sonny was back, but only just for a few days and Eric Dyer for a few days. So, you know, I think... In fairness, Brentford's, what, six days away, so I'm sure Sonny and Eric Dyers and that will be competing for a starting spot um, for that Brentford game. I'd be astonished if that team is is reminiscent of the one that, that plays at Brentford. I think we'll see Hoiberg play, be available for 90 minutes of that game. I'd be stunned, stunned actually, if Harvey White is in that side. Uh, and like I say, the, the question mark will be whether, whether he plumps for Sessignon for the balance on the left or he goes for Doherty left, Royal right. But I'm sure Eric Dyer will be in the centre of that defence and Ben Davis is available. So there's a choice there where you could even play Longley in the middle and um, and Eric Dyer on the right side of it if we if we didn't want to go with Sanchez and Tanganga. So that there will be more options available for Boxing Day for sure. Yeah. But we definitely need, uh, you know, hopefully Harry is back to at least start the game or at least be on the bench. Um, but Sonny, you know, you do need a goal threat up there. And and Sonny, having said that, Sonny's only scored in two games this season. But there's more of a threat with Sonny than than obviously Harvey White playing in that role. Yeah, I mean, I think many alluding to, I think, Frank, you mentioned this, that we have got a bit of a crisis at the moment in the side where, uh, you know, no, sadly, no Jed Spence at the moment. Conte actually mentioned him and Skip had been ill. And I think, uh, you know, his words were, I have to be honest, we have some problems because Sonny in the last two days, he didn't train due to having a fever. It's now the same for Skippy and Spence. Many players have had a bit of a stomach problem. Feels like lasagna gate all again, Frank. But it is a concern when you've got this virus in the camp, given already how much we are suffering from the fact players are coming back late from the World Cup. And you do concern yourself about what that team's going to look like against Brentford because you do feel they're going to be bang up for it, Frank, which we're going to obviously come on to a bit later. I mean, didn't our players that played as well, and I understand what Crackers was saying about mm. the momentum of those players playing at a high level and, and not having this break. Didn't we play the second most minutes, our players collectively mm. in the Premier League yeah, during the did. World Cup? Yep, so, yep. I mean, that, unfortunately, that will play a part in March, not necessarily now, but when we come yep. to the tail end of the season, 
muscle injuries were uh, it's just unfortunate um that will happen because of the fixture congestion but it's it's just our club rick um these things only happen to spurs you look at arsenal i know he's he's is missing for instance but everyone else it, it's a big loss but everyone else yeah. is available fine that you know they didn't really play too many minutes at the world cup um you look at other clubs around us obviously city have had holland um rested he didn't go the Bruyne went out in the group phase you know the two biggest and, and most key players are fresh and ready to go you look at Liverpool as well. Salah's had a, a nice rest. Um, again, only at this club, you know, even now, we're, we're looking at an outbreak. We know Spence probably would have started tonight. He's been playing the, the, the other games, yeah. um, which we, we're all keen to see him play. And, and that would have been a, a good test for him tonight, albeit in a friendly. But uh, this club, Rick, you know, we can't we can't have nice things. We can't come back from this World Cup break and, and, and have a little bit of fortune. Brentford away is a tough game. Ivan Tony's probably about to get a five or ten game suspension. But no doubt he'll play on Boxing Day and probably score one or two goals. Um, it's just the way things are. But in all seriousness, we are so unlucky. We are. It's ridiculous. And I'm hoping that Kane plays. He's five days away, Boxing Day. You know, he's been back. Um, he actually had a really good tournament for England. Barring the world, hopefully the penalty doesn't affect him because he, his, yeah, yeah, his yeah. actual form was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but then we've got Richarlison out for six weeks or so, four to six weeks. Uh, Romero, yeah. when will Romero realistically be back? Will he be back on New Year's Day? I don't think so. Um, He's back New the... Year's Day, Frank, but it's just 2024. That's the only Yeah, problem. 2024. But, I mean, he's, he's on open tour buses, which I, I don't blame him. Buenos Aires, um, smoking cigars I mean, and we... drinking beer at the moment, you know? <laughs> we, we couldn't get him to play when there wasn't an international game. Now we've got no chance. He just won the well, World Cup. The, so the problem, it... and, and his yeah. confidence will be so high at the moment, so we need him back. Um, he had a wonderful when... tournament as well, Romero. That that final, he was incredible. I mean, I have to say, he was, he was wasn't he? He was outstanding. Formidable. You're playing against, playing against Kylian and Mbappé and Griezmann. Yeah. And he's yeah. got, you know, for, for large parts of the game, he, he managed yeah. that well, and it was only Otamendi, in my opinion, and let him down, and obviously let yeah. France back into the game. But for mm. me, proved his credentials. I mean, he hasn't done it like the guy down the road. What has he played? 14 games, best defender in the world, Saliba. Fourth or fifth choice for France. Can't yeah. get a kick. The guy can't get a kick. Yeah. Our guy is, is the main man, the, probably the best centre-back at the World Cup. So that's a, yeah. a, a conversation for another day. But no, look, 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 look into this Brentford game. I'm not confident. Um, I, I hope that Villa, will, will, the team, probably take more of a shape than, than we like to see. I.e. Lloris, Spence and will be back. Hopefully Son will be ready. Emmy Martinez will be back for Villa, but Romero won't. Be. Oh, well, the, the irony behind that, who knows? But apparently his father said, Romero's father said, Spurs wanted him back within the next 72 hours. Did you see that earlier? My son hasn't been given too much time to celebrate because they want him back within the next 72 hours. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there because it's yeah. a long travel, a long flight as well from Argentina. So, um, yeah. no, the squad's not in great shape and uh, it's a little bit of a concern because we can't really afford to drop points away at Brentford and it's a tough place to go. Yeah, before, before we come on to Brentford, one player tonight that should hopefully be invigorated by the way he's taken his goals really well. Coming over to you, uh, cracks if we can, is uh, Matt Doherty. Now, I mean, like I say, third successive game for him. He's been on the score sheet, I think, three, game, uh, three goals in four friendlies now. Sorry, four goals mm. in three friendlies. Let me put that correctly with uh, Kulisevsky getting the assist for him tonight. Will he be looking at tonight? Cracks and just think that's a really good opportunity for him now that he's taken hold of. When you think at the moment that we've really no one's nailed down that that right wing back spot. And to be fair, I think back in the last season, he did really claim that shirt. He really, really did before that horrendous challenge by Matty Cash. Yeah, do you think yeah. he will nail that spot in your opinion, or do you think it's still up for grabs? Come, 
he, look, he looks like he looks like he's taken it for me, Rick. What more can can he do? He looked bright again tonight, and you know he's banged some goals in. Took that goal beautifully this evening as well. Really, really placed that power precision, and uh, yeah, he looks like he's he's sort of back to that pre uh, horror challenge. And uh, why not? Because uh, you know who else? Um, you know, but even if he had a little bit of competition, he just look, he looks good enough. He he does really look good enough. He's settled now. Looks like he, he, he struggled a little bit when he come to Spurs. It was a, a big jump up for him. Um, but yeah, I, I like him. I do. I do really like him. And that right wing back spot could well be his. So, and he's doing everything he can to make it his. So why not? Uh, Doherty, uh, you know, Brentford. What he's 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 got he's got a little bit of everything about him. So, yeah, definitely, definitely for me, I I, I do like I like the lad. There's uh, there is a player in now, and as I said, the slow start, then the injury, but he's back. So yep. you're good enough. You play if if you're you're the main man. There's nobody else. Around you, and you're performing the best. You should be playing. Simple as that. So, uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see him Boxing Day, and he continues where he's left off in these friendlies. Yeah. Before we address elephant in the room, James, which of course is Antonio Conte's contract. Just want to ask you about Kulusevski. Uh, seeing him again up close and personal. Another decent amount of minutes under his belt tonight. What do you think of his performance overall, Jace? Again, difficult to judge based on the opposition, or happy with what you saw out there? Yeah, I didn't think he he. Uh, I mean, he, was, he made our goal, didn't he? And uh, there was plenty of bright moments, but it wasn't wasn't a full on ninety minutes of Kulusevski. I thought he, I mean, he was out. He was exceptional in the. I think the one against Motherwell, but that's that's Motherwell. You know, it's it's difficult to judge, but um, you know, we know the quality he's got. We know the decision making he's got. We know that he sees. You know, he just. It just gets a feel of the team, and particularly I think with with Son and with Kane backing the side alongside him, rather than Harvey White and Brian Hill, that will bring that little bit more out from Kulusevski as well. So he's he's such a big player for us. I mean, there's that astonishing stat that since signing, we've only lost two Premier League games in which yeah, he started. It's incredible. Yeah, that is mad. And, and, that's, and, uh, and Son, that says a lot Son for... needs him, Jace. Son needs hey? him. Son, yeah. Son will be a better player, and he's had he's obviously yeah, had a difficult Kula. season with Kulu in the top team. Yeah. You, Son, yeah. you see a different Son. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, even if, even in a kind of way, even if you just went with those two up top at Brentford, and you went, you know, three five two or something, I think Son and Kulu alone at Brentford would give you a lot more goal threat than we've seen in those friendly games. Yeah, coming over to you, Frank, if I can, you just mentioned in there, Son, he got a really rapturous ovation when he came on from, what was it, the 8,000 that were in there. To, or I, I think, quote, uh, just over 9,000 in there this evening. What do you make of Sonny for you tonight, Frank? Again, it's a friendly, you probably can't pay a huge amount of attention to, to the obviously, to the performance in general, but concerned for the form that he showed throughout the World Cup and obviously this season, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Mm. I can't put my finger in. I think Kulisevsky missing someone who's a, a you know an assist king, a provider, uh, plays the right passes probably nine times out of ten. You'll always miss a player like that as a goal scorer and a goal threat. But the, he is a concern. Uh, you know his level was so high last season, and I'm not sure what it is, but something something isn't quite right. And um, I think we all know that. And we need him fit and firing. You know we, we know the ability and the capabilities that he's got to to go and score and go on a run. 
But yeah, it's a huge concern because Tottenham who are going to be challenging and trying to get in the top four and and you know closing the gap on you know Arsenal or wherever it may be that's above us, City. You need a, a fit and firing song. You really do. And it's just a shame this season we haven't had an extended spell with all four of those, Kulisevsky, yeah, Son, Richarlison and Kane, all fit. When Richarlison yeah. played, he was playing out of position. We could clearly see at the World Cup and when we watched him, he's not a right-sided attacker. No, it's not no, his not position. No. It's the, 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 the last of the three that he should play. Um, if anything, we need another on that side to replace Lucas and be a sort of a Kulisevsky replacement backup or competition, whatever you want to call it. But to not have those four all fit yeah. for a run of five or ten games is so unfortunate. And again, I don't want to sound like um like I feel sorry for us, but but I do. Yeah, yeah. Out of all of the the, the 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 other five of the big six, they haven't had those injuries issue injury issues. They haven't. And if you take um Martinelli, Saka and Jesus out of that Arsenal side, you are telling me they're not going to struggle. Liverpool as well, you take Salah, you take Firmino, yeah. Darwin Nunes. Look at what's happened since um uh, Luis has, has, has been missing from their side. And again, he's, yeah. he's going to be out even, I think, until March now. Huge loss. So we, yeah. we have to take the, the context of the season at the moment. We have been unfortunate with injuries. So if we can just get everyone back at the beginning of January, whether it's three or four weeks' time, and have them all fit until May, I think you'll see a completely different Tottenham team. Just to give I you think a while, Sonny as well. Just, just the other thing on Sonny, watching yeah. him in the World Cup, I thought he looks like the, the Tottenham Sonny of this season. Didn't mm. really dominate for, for Korea, look patchy. I don't know got if that one, passed... one decent got one decent assist, didn't he? Got one, one decent one assist. Decent assist. And, yeah. and actually, the decent assist was when he ran up the blind alley and almost didn't know what to do with it. In, in yeah. fair. It wasn't a one that he really created. And, um, yeah. you know, he just looks a little bit tentative with that that mask as well. I think that's that's not helping him. But we, as Frank says, we really need him to to get back to those levels, not not even live last season, of his whole, yeah. more or less his whole career for Tottenham. Because first half of the season, to think we've played 15 Premier League games and he's actually only scored in one game, that's yeah. that's ridiculous for Sonny. Just to and, and, some, sorry, just to, just yeah. to add to that, if he had scored in even seven or eight of them games, you look at the difference in our points, Kelly, what that potentially could be. Yeah. It's all ifs, buts and maybes, but it's true. You know, when a key player like that goes off the boil or for, for whatever reason, goes through yeah. like a barren spell... It's going to affect your team. And, and Kane to... said it, didn't he? Kane said, yeah. I think, at the back end of last season or the beginning of this season, sorry, um, to, this this club, this squad needs Son at his best to compete and be competitive. Just to give you a right reply, Frankie, you just said about Richardson there that, you know, you argued that we saw his best position at the World Cup. We haven't been playing there really when he's had the opportunity to play in a Spurs shirt. We have forced him out wide. Is there a way, Frank, you can accommodate Richardson in that central role, which would probably mean Harry dropping deeper? Or is that just a rotation? Well, they could play in a two, um, in a three-five-two, but I don't mind him from the left. I think he's far better from the left than from the right, which we saw against Wolves when he came on. And uh, you know, the, the Fulham game he done okay. I know he was yeah. on the right in the Fulham game, but he's not a right-sided player. When he cuts in, he, he's not. His left foot's not yeah. the greatest. Um, and I think now in games where perhaps Kane, I know Kane's very important, and Conte would play him in every game if he could. But I think it, we we now need to understand that if Kane can't play or, or Needs a rest because he can't play every single game in a season. No, it's impossible. We've it's got impossible. A, we've got a top number nine there who can come in and, yeah. and fill that role and also play from the left. But the, the, you know, I hope Conte sees that now and understands that you know you, you saw him playing with. Let's be completely honest, better players in, in that Brazil team. They've got yeah. better players than what we've got. Um, you could see the damage he could do if you, you provide him with good service and and you know play around him. He'll get yeah. you goals and he'll score some great goals as well. 
No, I agree, absolutely. Uh, what we are going to do before we just go off and finish off on these, uh, Cratch, just want to ask you about the goal we conceded. We conceded in, I think, 90 seconds, or a minute of the restart. How inferior would that be for Conte, where would have given his half-time instruction? We made a couple of changes as well. I think, uh, well, I said a couple of changes. Uh, Pape Matasar replaced Pierre Hoybier at half-time, who, to be fair to him, as always, puts himself about, kept the ball ticking over. But disappointing cracks, you know, straight away to concede like that. I know it's only a friendly, that won't please Conte, will it? The fact that, that again, straight away like that, we give away a goal. Yeah, but then at half-time, how much has he G'd them to get out there and be on the button from the get-go? You know, it's just one of those come out half asleep, couple of changes, people just feeling their way into the game and and bang, that, that, that happens. So, yeah. Uh, I think it was just the nature of tonight's game, Rick. You know, you, you in the Premier League, in a, you come out half-time and there's a little bit more ringing in your ears of, like, as soon as the whistle goes. Tonight, that might not be so much. You know, it's just that it's a training ground game, isn't it, really, to be honest? It's not much more than that. And it, it's it's all about Saturday and making sure at half-time it might... It might do us a favour and be a timely reminder and just a few people coming back into Premier League football, you know, better be on our metal as we come out from half-time now because that's what happens if, if you switched off. They've come out a little bit more fired up. Just one of those ones, wasn't it? And then yeah. second half really was it, it was... it was just... It was literally... It was training without the bibs, wasn't it? To be honest, and uh, just just one of those ones. So I don't don't put too much importance on yeah. it, or you know, worry like, celebrating if we'd have won it four one or five one or something. As much as if you if you lose a game like that two nil or something, you know, they're just they're just those run out games, aren't they? And I'm sure yeah. that's what the, the players are, you know would be hearing. So. Yeah, one of them ones, Rick. Just to Joe, I was going to tell Cracks, Cracks, we play on Monday. Don't come logging on on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, but it's a different time for me, isn't it? Yeah, different time zone. He's, he's, full, he's 14 days in front. We've already kicked off it. We yeah, cracks, but, we? you know, <laughs> Jay, Jason and I are like 112 years old. We still remember when it was just Saturdays you played on and the odd Wednesday, like, you know, Saturdays. Crack, crackers and me are remembering Millwall away on a boxing day with a 3-1 oh, win, aren't we, mate? Yeah. Oh, man, Oh man, that was character building. Wasn't that quite literally Boxing Day, wasn't it? That was quite literally oh, Boxing Day. Man, boxing yeah. Day and East, East was it Easter Sunday in a three-three that year? Oh, oh out! Yeah, two, yeah. Two, take, religious, two religious festivals spent with Millwall. That was nice. Oh, fun. Yeah. yeah, take your tin hat. They're quite literally <laughs> recovering the next day with a tin hat. We saw Alfie Devine come on for Dian Kulisewski for those final 10 minutes. And also Will Lancashire got a, a couple of minutes. He's been in great form since his summer switch for Sheffield United. So a good opportunity for Conte to see some of those players up close and personal. But I think like I say, guys, that was it. It was nice. It was nice. It was 1-1. What we are going to do is we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners and audio. Take me into that break. You're going to hear from Antonio Conte, who gives you his reaction. So that 1-1 draw against Nice as we build up to Brentford to come here on last one on Spurs. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I'm really satisfied for, for the game um, because uh, with the players that uh, they didn't go to the World Cup, uh, we worked uh, uh, three weeks and a half. And um, I think that uh, when we work, um, many players can take improvement. Uh, it was really important to work with Bisuma, with, Bis, with, uh, with Jeff Tanganga, that now I hope that uh, his uh, physical problem uh, has uh, finished. Yeah, and uh, it was important for Langley, for, 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 for the players, that uh, we had the opportunity to, to work uh, for, for, for Patron, but also for, for the young player, no? and uh, for Jill. Uh, yeah, I think it was, uh, um, was a good game. And uh, also for Pesar, I liked him a lot in the way that uh, he going to the pitch. Um, Matthew Dort, I think, uh, has recovered a good physical condition. It was really important to work with him. For Emerson also, yeah, mm, good. And uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for what has, I, I have seen uh, tonight. Deck is uh, in a good physical condition. And uh, every white played uh, like uh, number nine. and. Uh, He's a young player that I think that is really, really intelligent. He's, uh, he can play in every, in, in every uh, role. And uh, I think uh, the young player also decided to have uh, a night like this uh, for the academy, for, uh, for the academy of the Tottenham. Yeah. It was a, a positive night. Brilliant. I mean, obviously, we've had a couple of training ground matches over the last week or so. Does this feel like another natural step towards the restart of the Premier League with a, a stadium game in front of fans? Uh, yeah, but uh, I think it was really important uh, to play and uh, also and uh, to see uh, our fans uh, and um, in, uh, a good numbers of fans and uh, for, for playing the game was really uh, positive for us. Um, it means that our fans believe in us and uh, they want to follow us uh, also in a friendly game. And it was a pleasure for us to play in front of, of them. Uh, it was uh, for sure another step. Another step. Now uh, we, know, uh, we know very well that there are players uh, that uh, they finish the, the World Cup later. Uh, that um, for It's normal that the, 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 the physical condition uh, uh, is not 100 uh, percent 
for this reason uh, it would be very important these days uh, to make a right evaluation because I have a group of players that I repeat uh, they're working uh, from one week with uh, with me my staff uh, and uh, in this moment they are ready then there are players that um, they arrived uh, in the last few days they started to work later I have to try to, to make the best uh, Evaluation for the start eleven and uh, to to pick the the, the best uh, for uh, for the game against Brent or Brentford that uh, you know very well the difficulty to play uh, away against them. Next, we are addressing the elephant in the room, which of course is Antonio Conte's contract. Now, I, I don't really know where to begin with this because again, it depends how reliable you feel the sources are around this situation. But I mean, you do always feel there's no smoke without fire. So, Jace, let's start with you, and then we'll mean to go on. Um, so, Spurs are now reportedly... Oh, Spurs have reportedly resumed contract talks with Antonio Conte. Um, they actually started back in October, and they were confident of agreeing a deal, but reported that has now slightly changed. The new sources close to key figures in the negotiations sound less optimistic than they did earlier in the season. How much do you read into that? How much are you concerned by that? Should we be concerned? What do you think? It's going to sound going to sound strange, and people will say, how, "How can you take that view?" But I'm not in the least bit bothered, in in the sense that since day one that he came, you know, we had the the total. Remember, I mean, when did we play Burnley? Just just he'd been there what four months. Was, was, it, game. was it February? I mean, I, I've tried to erase that game. Then yeah. it start. Then it started. Will he be there at the end of next year? Will he be back? Will he do this? Will he do that? Then we get to the summer and and we think things are going well in the first week of the transfer window. And then it starts. Oh, is he being backed? Is will he stay there for the season? Will he see this out? Are they going to give him a contract? And so we we, we feel it feels to me like we've had the same conversations now for the last. 47 weeks and, and quite frankly I'm bored of them I'm just bored of them just you know if he had, if he signs it he does if he doesn't so be it that the whole argument about is he being backed you know none of us know if he's being backed we don't even know what backing actually means I mean if he turned around and came into the thing and said I tell you what Daniel what I'm hoping to do is sell Son and Kane do we want him to be backed we have no idea what he's saying, do we? We don't know how many players he's asking for. We don't know if he's saying, you know, people can say, is he being backed? If he's walked in today and said, Daniel, I want 400 million this summer, uh, this 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 January window, and I want to bring in nine, well, you can't possibly back him. So, you know, all, all I know is, is the club, does the club appear to be doing everything it can to push for success on the pitch and push to, to give him the maximum chance to bring success, and I don't mean top four, I mean, yeah, you mean silverware. silverware. I genuinely yeah. mean silverware. No, it doesn't. And we all hope that the club somehow makes makes a trophy and some silverware as the number one priority for the coming season. You may not you may not do it, even if you make it a priority, but that we feel that we have a, a real chance of winning silverware. Now, if that makes him bring in one, two, three players so be it. But the, the, the whole general thing, it's, it's why I hate transfer windows, Rick, because yeah, you get yeah. you get one story breaks and then football, Alistair breaks it and then Dan Fitzpatrick or Kilpatrick breaks it and then Daly Otspur jumps on it and then Uncle Tom Cobbley jumps on it and then Garner second jumps on it and, 
And so my timeline sees about 15 different views of Conte having an argument when actually it's one bloody journalist that said it. And that's it. So that's that's why I hate the transfer window. It's why I just get bored of all this talk. Let's let's wait and see what happens with it. I hope he signs a new contract, Rick. And I hope that we do, as a football club, give him every possible chance to bring genuine success, not just top four success. But that, that's all I can say. Frank, come over to you. We've got some, I mean, again, we've had some uh, questions in here. Uh, Paddy says, do you think it's a case of the club that wanting to back Conte unless he commits and Conte don't want to sign the contract unless the club commit? King Hoddle says, is he just playing hard to get? Now, we know that Spurs have an option to extend Conte's contract beyond June 2023. However, from what we understand, they didn't want to tie him down to a longer term deal. Spurs can, of course, exercise that extension whenever they wish to do so. But you would imagine it would be senseless, really, to, again, trigger that option if Conte does not want to be here. So, Frank, where do you think the state of play is? And are you comfortable with the reports as they are now? Does it do us any favours to hear this rumbling in the background? Well, it's amazing that so many of these Tottenham journalists, apparently, who have the club's best interests at heart, just regurgitate the same stuff over and over again, which is a detriment and and a negative to the club. Um, No one knows. They're guessing. They're all guessing. Um, You'd like to think that he's happy at Spurs. I mean, we are a club, in in my opinion, in the ascendancy and have been for the last five or six years. However, echoing what Jason said, does it feel that the club are doing everything and going above and beyond to make us successful as a football club, to win trophies and actually challenge for a Premier League title? And it, it again, for the last God knows how many years, it always feels like we're one or two players or three players short. Um, we're told we can't do big deals in January, even though Amrit Laporte signed for City in January, Van Dyke signed for Liverpool and Kunku's just gone to Chelsea, he's joining in the summer. So big deals can happen in January. We did, we done very well last January. Um, and I'm not saying you have to senselessly spend lots of money. Um, the two we got in, in last January have, have had an amazing impact on the club. So if we can do more of the same, that's great. But I think the fact that it's a London club, there aren't many other big jobs available, Champions League clubs. Um, we, we've got you know a, a healthy squad. It's a, it's a good squad. Um, I'm talking about quality levels. Is it a, a great squad? No. Uh, it still needs some surgery. Uh, but we've got the stadium, the facilities. That's, in my opinion, an attraction to a manager to to, to work within those um, surroundings. That's just my opinion. But it's now or never for the board. And, and we keep reading and hearing as well that Daniel Levy is impressed by Conte, like he he hasn't been impressed before, like with any other managers. And this is now um, for for him. He really wants to back him and, and offer him him support. But the, the, there's no point in talking it. You have to do it. You have to show him. And it it always feels that we never. When do we sign? And Rick, I don't want to sound like a break, broken record because we've had so many of these shows where we say it. When have we actually signed a genuine world-class superstar in his prime for this football club? And I, I, go, I still... go back to Jürgen Klinsmann, right? Jürgen Klinsmann. I still go back to 1994. Jürgen Klinsmann. Yeah. 1994. Yeah. 28 years ago. And that's the last time we signed a world-class footballer with a world-class reputation who was a World Cup winner, um, uh, an elite, elite-level football player who'd been doing it for years and, and at the top of his game as well, not on the wane or, or, or on, you know, a dip in his career, his trajectory had just been up and up and up and he was still at a good level, world-class level. Yeah. And un- until we do that, until we, until we start paying the premiums for players that want 400000 a week or 350000 a week, um, it just feels like we're never going to quite get there. And yeah. they've done so, so much good for this club, the owners. They've done some great things for the club. The infrastructure they've built, however they've built it, you know, financed on debt, 
all good business people do that anyway. They don't spend their own personal money, but they've built this amazing infrastructure. The the the, the business ideas they've got, the, the 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 stuff with the NFL, the events, it's amazing. But there is no point from a fan's perspective in doing all of that. I mean, the match day experience is great, but the match day, match day experiences aren't going to be that great unless we we win something or, or we suffer these losses to the Newcastles, the Liverpools, because the squad's one or two or three players short. Yeah. Um, and I think this is now, in my opinion, last chance saloon for Levy, because if he mucks this up with Conte, uh, I think that'll be it now for, for 90% of the fan base. I really do. Um, so he's got a chance. Uh, it appears money's there. I mean, we, we, we're a revenue monster. We're told the stadium's going to be a game changer. But for me, it's now or never. And it just feels like, again, Poch is waiting in the wings. He turned down the Villa job. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to come on to that. I mean, there was yeah. always that dynamic, Rick, but I, I, yeah. I don't want that. I don't want to go back. I think we've I'm, got the manager. I think we, he hasn't got the players at the moment. You can't play out from the back. He's had a great World Cup, by the way. If Hugo Lloris, who can't kick football, I'm sorry, he can't. He's, his technique is that for 14. You mean, yeah, distribution has been always... You can't, a, play, you can't play his style out the back with Davinson Sanchez, with Emerson Royale, with Tanganga, with these football players. You can't do it. Um, and going back to just... Uh, maybe I'm sort of drifting off subjects here, but criticisms yeah. of style of play. Jason said this a while back. You cannot press and play hard the pitch with Harry Kane anymore because he hasn't got the legs. And Son, because he can't tackle. Son will never win a 50-50. The only one that can play that is Richarlison. You can't sit on the halfway line with Eric Dyer and Ben Davies playing centre-back and long leg. You can't do it. It's impossible. So what do you expect him to do? You know, until he's got his players, until it's his squad, uh, you will see the brand of football he plays and the style of football. Until then, you have to reserve judgment. But he has to have the tools to be able to build with. And at the moment, he hasn't. There's too many flaws in the squad. There's too many players there that shouldn't be there. Um, we've signed some fantastic players over the last 18 months. Don't get me wrong. Basuma will come good for us. Richarlison, Kulusevski, Bentoncourt. Hoybier's up to his level this season. Um, I don't mind Longley. I'd keep him in the squad. Um, we've got Perisic, Perisic as well. We need Perisic. Perisic, Perisic fantastic. From a, from a fantastic. But, but we, we need a world-class centre-back, a world-class right-winger. Uh, we need attacking reinforcements. We need a goalkeeper who can play out if we're going to play that brand of football. And it's, it's that simple. Could I j- just say on that, in, in the sense of, we do want world-class players, but I, I think it's really, it's almost impossible for Tottenham to get world-class now, genuine world-class now, because, you know, if, if they're available, you're going to compete with somebody and you're going to compete with Real Madrid who can say, well, we'll give you league title winning and we'll give you Champions League winning and Tottenham will give you a hope to win a Carabao Cup. I think, you know, when you when you look at how Liverpool did it, Nobody said Virgil van Dijk was world-class when they signed him. Nobody said uh, Andy Robertson was top-class when they signed him. Nobody really went over the top with Fabinho when they signed him. Um, You know, I I don't remember too many people even shouting Luis Diaz is world-class when they signed him. And you can, you can, Darwin Nunes isn't world-class, but they're, you know, we need more of, as, as Franco says, we need more of the, the Kulusevski, Benton Kerr levels that you look at and think you're you're not elite right now, but you definitely have the capability to go to that next stage above it. And um, I think you know, even Mo Salah, when Liverpool bought him, I remember and Mane, there were lots of people laughing at Liverpool paying thirty odd millions for Mane um, and Salah. Yeah, they yeah. they weren't seen as two world class players that are going to transform everything and and going to spearhead a Premier League campaign. They weren't. No. So, you know, but you do need real proven top quality players. And, and like we said, Bissouma's, Kulazewski's, B- 
Benton Kerr's, we need those rather than looking at, with great respect to at the way we've done, say, with a Jed Spence, where we look at him and a Papasar, where we look at him and think, player for the future. They've got to come in and perform now, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, cracks are sort of bringing into... Sorry, uh, that is a fair point. Yeah. I know what you mean by not... We're not going to sign Kylian Mbappe or Neymar no. or players like that. But those players who have got the potential to go up a level, Richarlison's one. You know, when we signed in, we paid a premium for him. <laughs> yeah. And Liverpool yeah. played a massive premium for Van Dijk. That's 75 million at the time was huge money. For, for a centre-half. And those are the types of signings that I'm alluding to that could take yeah. the club up a level. Not, yeah. uh, you know, Conte wanted a centre-back in the summer. He got one on loan. He got Clement Longley on loan. Um, yeah. Now, if but... we, I guarantee if we'd gone to Inter Milan or Red Bull um, Leipzig and slapped down 85, 90 million for Garlio or uh, Bastoni, it would have turned their attention. It's all very well and good saying they're not for sale, they're not for sale. Southampton said that to Liverpool. Liverpool had to go back with 75 million. Um, I think the original uh, the original deal yeah. they tried to broker was like for fifty five million, and it just feels like we'll never go and pay those premiums, yeah. even if at the time we feel like we're paying too much for a player to, to get those types of deals over the line. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I, listen, I've said this for years. I mean, I, I've always said Spurs. We always come out of a window. And we always feel that we are two or three players short. What I will just very quickly say is on Bastoni. We know the club tried for Bastoni, and Bastoni himself said he wanted to stay at Inter. Hopefully, maybe revisit that option in the future. I mean, it looks like, again, there's links now to Pedro Porro, but there's maybe concerns if he's physically good enough for Conte's system. You want to, sorry, uh, Well, the only thing, Rick, and you're right, he said he wanted to stay at Inter because he may just have thought, you know what, I can do better than Tottenham in a year's time. But I bet if Manchester City or Chelsea had gone in for him, they would have got him. Again, I mean, listen, I suppose it'll be interesting to see where this land sits, of course, when the window opens. But, Cracks, you've been sitting there very patiently listening to Jason mm. Frank there give their views on Conte's future. Really intrigued to know what you're thinking, because, again, we hear reports that Spurs are unlikely to throw a huge amount of money around in January, which may frustrate Conte, who believes that he's only a few players away from what he needs. Apparently, Daniel Levy's been repeatedly clear in with Conte in private, there's not a huge amount of money to spend. However, they're prepared to hand Conte, reports are believed to be true, a one million pay rise to persuade him to sign a new contract. But they do seem to face this anxious wait to see, essentially, if he wants to reaffirm the fact they share his ambition. So where are you on it for you, Cracks? And does this help anybody, this coming out now just before the Premier League resumes? Does it help us at all in the camp? Because I don't think it does. Well, nothing's come out from Conte. Nothing's come out from the club. This is all just uh, post the World Cup where, uh, you know, certain websites and news agencies and uh, subscription sites were getting plenty of clicks and visits with their hot takes on the World Cup. Lo and behold, that finishes and there seems to be a big row going on uh, at Tottenham and uh, all of a sudden it's all gone running off to Spurs with this resumed contract impasse. Um, and everybody, once again, is clicking onto their sites and giving them 50p an advert. And we're seeing this. So it's all it's all just pissing in the wind, Rick, isn't it? Nobody knows. None of these, none of these websites know because Conte and his people are going to keep a close counsel on what's being said and certainly Tottenham do Daniel Levy does I mean it's it's a very very tight-lipped ship so you know I just 
they, they might get on famously. They might really like admire each other and well, Conte really we loves. I mean, we, we, yeah. we do hear they've got a good relationship. We hear they've got a good. But does yeah. this work for you, cracks? I mean, the, the fact of where we are right now that we're in a situation where Conte's contract essentially expires in six months' time. Does this work long term? I mean, the fact is, he may be arguing it does work for him because when he approaches a transfer window, he's more inclined to get what he wants because he isn't tied down. And therefore, it's more of the power to him when it comes to a transfer window. But does this work for the stability of signing players that maybe when they sign a two, three year, four year contract, they don't quite know who their manager is going to be in two, three, four years? Or does that matter now because football is so short term? Exactly. I said months ago that. You know, let's let's presume that there's there's protracted negotiations going on between Conte and the club. And um, as Paddy pointed out earlier, and I've been saying this for ages, this could be, well, the club don't really want to offer too much money because if they throw a big chunk of dough at Conte and he brings players in and goes, the next man comes in and goes, they're not my type of players. And and vice and vice versa. And you know, Conte's like, well, I don't really want to sign um, a contract because I'm not getting a big chunk of money. So someone somewhere has got to blink and trust and get a, a contract si- signed up. But Rick, it might also already be done and just could not be, announced. Yeah, yeah. It could be that we have to wait until we go into a new financial year. To, to announce it and that it, it's activated and, you know, to balance the books. Football clubs today, Rick, aren't just football clubs. They're just like these, they're huge businesses and they come with huge business things going on, for, for one of a, a better phrase. You know, there's commercial deals and this deal and that deal. They're not the local butcher done good that's bought the club and throws a few quid in and people are pl- paying, you know, playing for this it's multi multi million pound businesses now. And that comes with huge ramifications with contracts and when stuff's announced and the finances and the balancing of the books and everything. So it's one of those things. It passes me by. I'm like Jason. I just sort of see it and I go, yeah, but you know, you just want somebody to visit your website and, and for some clicks and a bit of advertising. So until until he's either announced that he's signed a contract or he says that's it, I've had enough, then I'll you know make a sort of more valued comment on it. Then really, at the moment, yeah. it's just pie in the sky. The whole <laughs> lot of it, it it really is. And I think as well, you know. We, I mean, there was a player in a World Cup that, that we got linked to, what, 18 months ago, Amrabat, right? So it may well be one of these here-in-the-city type websites thinks we'll revisit that. And they print a tiny story, Spurs are interested in Amrabat. You get seven or eight of the, the what I call the real clickbait sites, Goal 90 and, and all that rubbish. They all rehash that same story. And then when we don't sign Amrabat, you'll get a fan say, see, Conti wanted Amrabat. We never signed him. We never back a manager. When probably Conti's thought, huh? I never asked to sign Amrabat. It's absolutely ridiculous. But people yeah. believe so much crap of stories that from journalists that, like I say, if you just work out any transfer window, 
we are probably linked with 80 players, 80, 90 players during a transfer window. I can tell you it's more we... than that because uh, the guy, right, well, our cousin that manages the socials has done about 50, 100 pictures already. We're not even well, there in, you go. We're opened yet. We're linked with 80, 90 players at least. Every transfer window, we probably signed two or three, which tells you 87 stories are complete and utter bollocks. And yet people sit there and believe all 90 <laughs> stories. It's like that. And sometimes you can just use use a bit of common sense. You think, you know, why are Spurs looking at this position when we've got four right backs or, or whatever? You know, you just think, oh, put, put the brain box in, have a look at it. You know, we've got no no homegrown slots available, so we're going to sign 15 more foreigners. Huh? How does that work out? You know, just sometimes. And, and, and then when we don't sign them, everyone then jumps in. He never backed, never backed Conte. It's, it's absolute rubbish, so much of it. So... Mm. You know, not don't ask me about the transfer window. Rick, no, all these, I, I wasn't going to do that. All these comments down the bottom. I don't want to. I don't want to hear about oil boy, please. Rick, I, I want to know who we're advancing our pawns on next. Oh my I god, well, that I came out to it earlier today. Yeah, it advancing negotiations. All these different ways oh, of finding yeah. a, a new way, preparing to bid. Are looking at are getting Obser close observing, to observing. But today's one. one was magnificent. Advancing their pawns. <laughs> Listen, it's the world we live in now. You've got to be different. So whoever's doing those stories, good luck to them. Good luck to them. Frank, can I can I just ask you, Frank? You know, you mentioned about Pochettino earlier. Um, you know, we again just to kind of finish up on the report we've had about Conte. You know, there there does there is a report out there that says suppose it's hierarchy. You're not unanimous in backing Conte. Some feel they would prefer to move in another direction, one with Pochettino being back at the helm. Look, I've said my piece on Poch. I will say this, that for me personally, I love Maurizio's time here. Um, he gave me a real identity about what Tottenham were, the way we played our football. At times, it was breathtaking. He got us into the top four consistently. Uh, we obviously, you know, achieved the Champions League final. We got to quite a number of semifinals and finals. We never quite got over the line. For me, I think Conte is a better manager, an all-round better manager. I would like to see the club back Antonio Conte accordingly but I also want the manager to also be here and I also feel that as a club you do need to always have a sense of direction and where you're going and my concern is can you have a sense of direction and where you're going where you've got a guy in charge that's only got six months left to run on his contract I'm not saying I want him out I'm not saying I want a change but can you understand any clamour for a return of Pochettino or Frank do you just feel that is in the past, that's where it should remain, in your opinion. Well, it's the romance, obviously, because we did, regardless of the fact we didn't win a trophy, we, we, he made us believe again. We had an identity. It was entertaining. Um, we, we played great football, barring the last year that he was there. It sort of fell apart. But up until the Champions League final, we were in a really good moment. So, yeah, of course, I can understand it. But I just feel that, you know, you're right. In my personal opinion, I don't think that's the direction we should be taking. Um, I, I think we should be back in Conte. I think you're right. He's a better manager. He's a winner. He's more, in my opinion, likely to extract more from the board. He'll be more demanding of the board because of his reputation and, and what he's done in the game. I just don't feel Pochettino was and is. I don't think he's that type of... I don't think it's in his nature to, 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 to do that to the board. Obviously, in my opinion, he was let down. Um, he wasn't backed enough during his time here. But then he also did sign some dross. Um, some of the players he brought in were dreadful. It was his decision to sign Davison Sanchez for £42 million, which I'll never ever get my head around. And Tange Undembele was his number one transfer target for that summer. So, you know, 
you've got to balance it out. But no, I think that we should be back in Conte. I can understand why some fans want Poch back. Um, you know, I, I, I do understand it, but I don't personally. Um, we didn't win away for 11 months, as someone's just highlighted. Um, he elevated Harry Winks. He thought he was going to be... I, I'm not going to go into too much detail here because no, he did a fun. lot... He did a lot of great for this club, but he wasn't yes. perfect. He was far from perfect. So, yeah. but if Conte was to walk, I don't know where where we would go next. I mean, if any of you have an opinion on that, if you've got a manager you'd like to come in, possibly. I, I don't know. If at the end of the season he calls well, it then, that's it. Yeah. Where, where do we go from there? When you look at the fast Frank we had before Conte with Nuno, and the way it was a real scattergun approach towards the end, where. You know, at one point, someone's going to have to forgive me. The guy that we linked with, the Portuguese guy, I've now it's completely gone out of my brain. Um, before Nuno got the job, that allegedly we offered him the job, then we didn't offer him the job Fonseca. because Fonseca wasn't, he wasn't happy with the style of football. I mean, we saw what we went through in trying to get an appointment that summer, which ended with Nuno. I mean, Jace, just so you get the opportunity just to, you know, have your thoughts and say your thoughts on Pochettino. Again, you have reports where he effectively ruled himself out of the running for the Villa job, where apparently Villa pushed for him very, very hard as he still has his heart set on a return to Spurs. He believes that he's still got business, you know, unfinished in North London. He's still got plenty of admirers within the club. You know, he said, obviously in the past, that he would love to deliver that trophy, that title at Tottenham. How do you feel about these links back to Pochettino from this particular report? Do, do you do they excite you? Or is this, again, something that should remain in the past, in your opinion, and not even be talked about whilst Conte is the manager at the club? Well, I look, I look at it from the other side in the sense that why would Pochettino want the Tottenham job? Because the reasons he left, talking about new furniture, if we haven't given the new furniture to Jose and we haven't given the new furniture to Conte, why are we going to suddenly give all the new furniture to him? So I, I think he'd have... First of all, I think if he came back without really significant investment, it would be hard for him to replicate what he did the first time round again. When, when he took that young group of Ali Kane, Ericsson and people like that, the group that he'd inherit, he'd have to completely build a group again. And I think to, to try and build a group like that again and take Tottenham to back to the top four and challenge him for trophies, well, he's already done that job. So if he comes back to me, if I'm going back there, I'd say, right, I, I took you 75, 80% of the way. The only way I want to come back is if you really give me the chance to go 100% the whole hog. And I'm not so sure he, he'd have that opportunity to do it. And then he thinks, well, if you're asking me to do exactly the same job as I've done last time, you know, there's more chance of failing in that than succeeded in that. So I think it, it suits Poch to, I think he's very good with the media. It suits him to keep that, that Tottenham little ticket open and the fans pining for him. And don't get me wrong, I, I thoroughly love what, what Poch did the first time round. Um, but I, I, I'd be astonished if Conte walks for the, the reasons that we suppose that he would walk, that that yeah. would be enough for, for Pochettino to say, yep, yeah, that job's for me. Yeah. And I also must just say, I mean, if you're arguing why would Conte walk as well, I mean, I would just say that, you know, he's in one of the most biggest leagues in the world in the Premier League. And arguably, will he get a bigger job than Tottenham at this moment in the Premier League? I don't think Conte will, personally. I, I think, you know, Tottenham as a club in terms of, and again, people might laugh at this, the training ground, the stadium, what he's working in terms of facilities are the best in Europe, arguably some of the best in the world. If his argument is that he's only a couple of players away, then give him those players. I, I, again, I think it's more than just a couple, personally. I think you look at probably three or four. But I, I think it'll be a real, real shame when we've got a real top-class manager there 
not to back him accordingly. So it sounds like, Jason, as well as Frankie there, you're still very much on the Conte in train and believe that we should back him, Jace, right? Accordingly, Conte. Yeah, we should do everything we possibly can. But like yes. I say, you know, if, if he depends what that level of backing he actually wants is, doesn't it? Whether yes. it's actually possible to do it. Yeah, fine. Uh, Cracks, we're going to come around to you, then we're going to squeeze in this mm-hmm. Brentford preview. Uh, Cracks, just finally for you, you're still the same as you were before the break, still very much Conte on board and give him what he needs in order to achieve what we all want to talk which of course is finally delivering silverware. I mean, again, top four is great, but I said to you for such a long time, you know, you're not remembered for a top four finish, you're remembered for trophies. We've got the mm. FA Cup to come against Portsmouth, a massive game for the club. I, I honestly say this all the time. The FA Cup should always be considered as one of the biggest games or games in our season. Mm-hmm. I want to see us take that very, very seriously. And I think what tells you everything about that game is I think that's a sellout at the moment, that Portsmouth game. You can't get a ticket. You know, that mm-hmm. tells you everything. It's just after Christmas, uh, January, I think, the 7th on the Saturday, sellout there. That's what the FA Cup means to Spurs fans. We've got a rich heritage rep competition. It's time we start getting back to winning these competitions. Conte's still the man for you, Cracks. Very much so, Rick. Yeah, it's talking about the FA Cup. That the game's changed. The football now is just is such a different beast to even five years ago. Ne- never mind 10, 15, 20 years ago. And though these cups, they don't mean as much to the people that run the clubs as they do the fans. It's as simple as that. This is this is the problem you've got now. Back back in the day, your chairman and board would have been delighted with you winning a cup. But if you went round every board uh, chairman and board member of any Premier League club and said to them, honestly, no fans were going to find out how you've answered this. Would you take fourth or the FA Cup? What do you what do you think every one of those chairmen and boards will answer? It's as simple as that. The, the, these these are balance sheets now. These these are balance sheets. We're all about a day out at Wembley and seeing our club lift lift a cup. Um, but the but the boards aren't. They're 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 not really fans like they used to be. They are fans of the club. Don't get me wrong. They they love their, They love their football, but they just see it in such a such a different way so yeah it's it's a tough one rick with um you know with what uh, what we want from the game and what they want from the game it's 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 day and night it's completely different um but surely the club and daniel and everybody else that makes decision at spurs must have known that when they went for conte he was going to come with Conte-sized bills, wasn't he? Yeah. When he signed... You said this from day one, Yeah. Bring in a Bentley, expect Bentley servicing prices. And, you know, Poch, lovely top-line Mercedes, but you might go and get your car serviced for 1,500 quid. Go and take your Bentley to Bentley with 1500 quid and see what you come out with. You might, you might just get a new gear knob out of it, but you ain't getting a service. You ain't getting, you might get a couple of tires out of it. So they must've known that there's going to have to be money spent with him because he is one of these elite managers. Now, if they bring him in and don't give him that, that sort of money or, 
have haven't made it clear to him in a job description of we'd like you to take this job, but you're not getting high-end elite players. We want you to create those along with a director of football, um, which so far they've not done a bad job of that with people like Kulazewski and Benton Kur. They've taken players just below the radar, Richarlison. So Romero. let's see. Where, and Romero, exactly. So let's see where we are in another couple yep. of windows time. This January, yep. if we get another couple of Kulazewskis and Benton Kurs that come in and, you know, hit the ground running and look a lot better than they currently are at their club, we're going to be delighted, you know. That, that Absolutely, yeah. No, if we free, can, free you're right. Players, if we can so, replicate January's window, we'd be very happy cracks, wouldn't we? Let's be honest about it. Yeah, they can have the same again, impact. Yeah, we... yeah. yeah. And listen to what you're being told. Conte has said we are another four or five windows away. So he's more or less already told us that the business plan is to keep get, bringing in Kulazewski's, Kulazewski's, Benton Kurs, Kulazewski's, yeah. Benton Kurs. Keep bringing them in. Richarlison's, bring them in. So yeah. I think this is the way we're going. We're going to have to learn some patience, but modern-day football <laughs> doesn't come with that, does it? There is no patience. It's everything everything now. So yeah. the, pro- the, problem is, the problem is we've been patient. And, and if you mm. just bring in, you will need to accelerate it because if you just bring in two and two and two, then as you bring in two, then Son and Kane diminish. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're just that, that is, bobbing along, flatlining, aren't you? Yeah, flatlining. You're just right? staying at par all the time when you yeah, need to, my, you know. You, know, my, you need to get worry, ahead of the curve. My worry on the stories coming out is is that it's leaked out, and again, we don't we don't know the, the truth of it. But when people say there's not a lot of money there, that's my 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 concern. Why? Because the stadium was sold to us, and if you go back to right at the planning stage, we're in all the program notes. This will be the game changer. That was the term he used. We will we will be able to compete. Now, I know Manchester City have ridiculous investment, for instance, that, that you know, I mean, if, if they wanted to go and sign Guardiola, they'll just get Nespresso or, you know, the, the Arabic branch of Nespresso to sponsor the Man City coffee machine for 150 million. And there we go. Oh, they're, they're, that breaks the FFP rules. Lovely jubbly. We can't all do that. But, you know... You look down the road at N5 and you think they're, they're spending serious money. They've not been in the Champions League for for six years. They've won nothing of note for six years. Yep. You know, they're, they're not selling players. I mean, they're giving Aubameyang away. They're giving Ozil away. They're writing off. They've they've sent Pepe the 70-odd million player out on loan. So Who it's not, like they're, yeah. it's not yeah. like they're bringing in massive investment, Arsenal, bringing in extra cash. But yeah. they're spending money, serious money. Yep. And they have done that for a couple of years. So we should be able to keep pace with, with how they're backing their manager in that respect. Jason, yeah. I'll caveat that, though, with them being on the FFP watch list. And yeah, if, maybe. And if they don't balance the books by the end of this season, if they wasn't to make Champions League this season, then mm. they would start to look at receiving some sort of restrictions on what they, they can and can't do. It's a high-risk strategy, and you sometimes wish that our club would just take that chance, you know, and just push the boat out and just go that extra percentage on the spend. And like my dad says, 
the money in football doesn't matter because come the end of the season, along comes the TV companies with another great big bucket load of it and just pours yeah. it into the void again. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, yeah, a little, little bit of little bit of to dare is to do with our with our transfer strategy would yeah. go amiss, would it? No, it wouldn't. And I think, like I say, I think we'll have to see how things pan out in terms of the window and what's to come. Uh, Jason will not be covering the January transfer, and you'll be delighted to hear. But what we are going to do is we are going to go for our final break of the show for our listeners on audio. Take you into that break. You are going to hear from Billy from the Besotted Bees podcast, who gives you his thoughts ahead of Brentford to come. Hi, Spurs fans. This is Billy from Besotted, the Brentford podcast. We can get us on prideofwest.london or besotted, B-W-E-S-O-T-T-E-D.com. Merry Christmas to you all. I hope you've had a good break and you're ready for the big game, which is, well, depends on when you're hearing it. It's either coming up or it's uh, it's just about to happen, as they say, like, you know. So um, I'm sitting here a bit discombobulated, as they say. I'm a bit all over the place. We've had a month off in footballing terms and uh, uh, a very strange month off because it's been uh, the international break, the World Cup break. I've been out in Qatar pretty much for three weeks following England out there and uh, (laughs) naturally I came back a little bit earlier than I expected. Uh, I was hoping to be coming back with Harry Kane carrying the trophy, taking it to New Griffin Park on the Boxing Day that we can all see it and cheer it. But unfortunately, it's not the case. And I'm very hoping, keeping my fingers crossed, that the Spurs fans out there and the Brentford fans out there will pay Harry the respects that he is due. I know that he missed the penalty, but that doesn't matter in my books. He's a really great uh, player and he's a great servant for England as well. And these things do happen. And uh, I don't believe in the abuse that some people out there are dishing out. But I will not move on any further because this is a positive podcast. So... This is difficult for me now because obviously this mid-term break, as they have it, it's really kind of just sort of kind of it's just it's just split the season in half. So I'm now having to flip out of England mode, put myself back into club mode, and try and get into the heads of Thomas Frank and the players and the fans to think how are we going to approach this game? I've got it's almost like I've got no idea how we're going to approach this game. Who's going to be playing in this game? Who's injured? Who's not injured? Who's up for it? Who's not up for it? One thing I will say is that Brentford will have fresher stars uh, on the pitch, on on the bench as well, than Tottenham will have because all the stars that we had that went to the World Cup didn't last very long out there. We had David Raya, who uh, I don't think he started a minute for Spain, actually. So uh, David and and Spain didn't even do that very well, even though David Raya is a very good goalkeeper. So he didn't even play a minute for Spain, I don't believe. Um, And I'm saying that as well because when you're out there, you're watching one game in one place, so you don't necessarily see the other game. So I didn't see as many games, Spain games as maybe I should have done. So you probably saw more of the football than I did out there. Brian and Bumo as well. He, uh, he is very lucky to, he, he didn't play that much football. He played a little bit here and there. He played all right, actually, but he actually played in that marvelous game when, uh, um, Cameroon played Brazil as well. And I think that's probably going to go down in history. So hopefully he'll be able to take a little bit of that kind of Brazilian game vibe back to Brentford for this Boxing Day game as well. Um, then we also had a couple of players playing for Denmark, Dalsgaard, and I think Jensen was playing for them as well. And uh, they didn't do very well at all. I mean, if you ask Thomas Frank, he's very frank about how Denmark are. And he basically says they were shit. Um, and they weren't very good at all. So uh, they came back very quickly as well. So they're very well rested. And also we had Saman Godos, who played for Iran. And uh, he didn't play against England. I don't think he didn't come on against us. But I think he came on maybe one of the latter games. So he played a little bit. So 
all those stars are going to be very well rested against Tottenham as opposed to, I think you've had quite a few players, including your goalkeeper who played very well, I have to say, uh, even though he didn't lift the cup in the end. Uh, Lloris, he played very well, annoyingly, against England and against other teams as well. So uh, let's see how they pan out. So you're trying to get me to give you the, the line out for the Bs. And again, I'm saying I'm trying to cast my buyer back. Obviously, David Raya will be in goal for us uh, on the right back. It's a bit of a tricky one there because Hickey's been out and he's been out for a while. He's injured and he's not he's not going to be back for this game. So I'm trying to work out whether or not it's going to be Canos who's going to be come back who Canos plays out of position. He's actually a, really a winger for us and a forward player, but he's been played in a in a right back position for us or whether or not it's going to be Roslev who actually had a cup, a few good games towards the back end before we actually closed down for the international break as well. So we'll see on that. Uh, and then on the, on the left back, Rico Henry, who's a fabulous player as well. So we'll see him there. There. Um, centre backs. It's interesting because Pontus Janssen's been out injured for probably about two or maybe even three months now. But I saw that he came back into training over the international break, so he is back. I'd say that he'd probably be on the bench. And you're going to be, and, and also Ayer is out as well. From what I believe, he was injured. I'm not sure if he's going to be coming back again. <laughs> you know, you don't know these things, yay or nay. But I don't think he's going to be back. So the centre back pairing, I think, is going to be Pinnock and Ben Mee, who has been the signing of the season. We got him in a free from Burnley, and he has been absolutely tremendous you'll hear the Bees fans go me as you do um on the in, in the midfield we've got Norgard who's again he's been out injured for two or three months but he's back so it's good to see him back because he's a massive player for us as well and then playing along uh, playing in the midfield with him as well and this is a bit of a scratch head one because I'm not sure if it's going to be Jensen because I think Jensen I don't know if he's not been seen in the pre-season games that we've we've had the, the games you know running up into this international break because I think he's I think he's been struggling a bit so I'm not sure if he's playing or whether or not it's going to be De Silva you know um, I'm not quite sure where it's going to be there but those are going to be one of those players playing there as well then up front we're going to have Brian and Bumo like I said to you hopefully he's going to have that Brazilian vibe run, rubbing off on him for when he played for the Cameroon in the World Cup I mean he was absolutely delighted with that game it was, it was, it was tremendous you know and then <laughs> we will be having Ivan Tony because even though he's you know allegedly I'm going to put allegedly has made sort of 3,475 bets um, this doesn't come to the for um, the investigation is going to be in a few weeks time uh, where he's got a giving his evidence and then it's going to take maybe two or three months before it actually kind of gets sorted out so I think that we've got Ivan Tony fingers crossed for at least another couple of months and then we more probably have to make some plans as to maybe what we have to do after that period I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to get myself into any trouble so the Ivan Tony thing is the thing which is really kind of uh, giving us a little bit of a dark cloud as bees fans and uh, you know I was pretty gutted because I wanted uh, to I wanted to go to, to to Qatar and I wanted to see my first ever Brentford player playing in an England shirt and I thought that would be Ivan Tony and I was a bit confused as to why he wasn't playing you know for Gareth Southgate in Italy and against Germany in those in those games in the Nations League but you know I think we now know and it's a little bit of a gutter but listen innocent until proven guilty let's see what happens you know in a couple of months time and and then uh, on the left-hand side as well, again, this is a bit of a question mark because we could, you know, always have Wieser maybe playing there. Or it might be Dalsgaard. You know, sometimes we actually put Dalsgaard, who actually played brilliantly for Denmark, but he's still trying to find his feet with Brentford at the moment now. So who that's going to be there on the left-hand side? I, I'm going to go for Wieser. He's, uh, Wieser's on fire. Your defence is going to be terrified, <laughs> as we say. So uh, that's going to be it. You know, we're going to go 4-3-3. Uh, we sometimes go 3-5-2 or 5-3-2, whichever way you want to look at it. Sometimes we go like that, but I don't think at home against Tottenham we'll go with, with that. You know, for us to sort of kind of 
sit back and let you come at us. I think that we're actually going to go at Tottenham and uh, and try and defend. And then if we need to as well, hit you on the break. We like playing that type of way, especially with players like Mbumo uh, and Tony and Risa. You know, when we do break, to tell you something, we, we, we are on fire when we do break. Very similar to Tottenham, when you break, you are on fire. Um, I think it's dependent on how our defence holds out on this one. And, and like I said to you, our defence is one of these scenarios that one one week they could be very good and another week they've got a mistake in them. But Ben Mee is a player who has, who's just, he, he shored up that defence to a certain extent. He is a very, very good player. So, I mean, that's me. Sort of kind of scratching my rusty brain, trying to give you some vibes as to what's going to be happening with Brentford on the Boxing Day. You want me to give you a score prediction? Again, this is hard for me to give a score prediction because, like I said, you have not really seen them play. I mean, we we played Wolfsburg in a pre-season friendly a couple of days ago and uh, we drew two all with them which is much better than last season because I think they spanked us about 5-1 last season even though they were two weeks ahead in their pre-season to where we were but this time it was two all so I suppose that's better than last season so I suppose if I want to do a parallel here the fact that we drew with you at home after getting spanked to Wolfsburg at the pre-season then I'd like to say that maybe we might actually nick a 1-0 win but again that's a really random theory that I'm throwing in there but let me put in for a 1-0 win because you know I've been on holiday I've had the sun the sun's probably gone to my head a little bit and uh, and I'm just enjoying myself and I'm looking forward to it so anyway thanks very much for listening like I said this is Billy from Besotted Podcast Pride of West dot London don't forget you know um, enjoy your Christmas day have lots to eat have lots to drink and then I'll see you on Boxing Day get down to Brentford early because the pubs will be open early as well we welcome all fans to come down you can wear your colours you can enjoy yourself you can have a drink with the Bees fans if you come down the globe I'll see you down there as well and we'll chink classes and fingers crossed may the best team win on the day okay enjoy yourself you mentioned it earlier Frank Spurs' squad they've played the third most highest amount of combined minutes at the World Cup of any Premier League side just read you at the top three City four 4,624, Man United 3,873 and Spurs sitting there in third, 3,687 minutes. And to add to that as well, Perisic has played the second highest amount of minutes at the World Cup of any Premier League player, 669, second only to Argentina's Emiliano Martinez. So Frank, you said it earlier, this World Cup hasn't been kind to Tottenham in terms of the amount of minutes we've seen our Spurs players obviously contribute. And we're going to obviously be concerned about how they're going to come back for it, Frank. What's your overall thoughts ahead of Brentford now? Are we going to be well, able well, to... Well, I think it's more, more the state of the squad. The fact that is Lloris going to be there? Is Kane going to be there uh, and available? Richarlison isn't there. Romero isn't there. Uh, Benton Core, even though he's suspended, wouldn't have been there anyway because of the groin injury. So it's not as though we've had the squad handed back to us in, in immaculate condition, which is a, a, a massive concern. Um, it's not an easy game anyway, Brentford away. Um I just, I'm, I'm not feeling confident. Uh, depends again who, who can start. I'll be very intrigued. I'm intrigued at the moment to see what the starting eleven will be. Yep. Um, I mean, Perisic was out on a run yesterday. I'm not sure if you saw his post on social media, but he's, uh, he was out road running yesterday. So I'd he's, like to think he'd be back. No, I mean, he's credible, isn't it? I mean, he's literally. I, I think he's, he's getting fitter as the season is progressing because obviously yep. when he joined he was injured and Conte said that so yep. in a nutshell Rick I'm not looking forward to the game just because I'm look, more looking forward to the Villa game because we'll have more of a, a in my mm. opinion a, a better squad to, to play that game with and now obviously the rumours of uh, virus outbreaks Son uh, yep. spent Skip will that spread to other players over the next two or three days I mean you go out and about now everyone's coughing and spluttering yep. there's, a, there's a massive sort of virus or flu going around so you just never know with Spurs. It's never easy. So, no, I'm not really right. looking forward to the game. I think um, 
yeah, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see that starting eleven. We're going to come back around to you, Frank, to get your prediction. Conte said on how he's going to deal with the players from the World Cup that you know very well after an important tournament like this, the World Cup, it's normal that the players come back in a different mood, in a different way. He went on to say Hugo lost the final. Instead, Cutie won the final for Harry. He missed a penalty. But I think he played a really good World Cup, as actually Frank alluded to earlier. For sure, they have to try and put this to one side, this experience. Every experience is very important in your life. But at the same time, you have to know now that we have to start to think about Tottenham and try to do our best. We are talking about important players for us. These are the players that can make a difference in this type of situation. It's important to speak with the players, to understand their mood, the way that the World Cup has affected them personally in a positive or a negative way to try and overcome together these experiences. He finally went on to say, Conte, the coach has to be good to find the right balance in both cases. If you've played a great World Cup or if you've played a World Cup and something has happened, that went wrong. He also, um, also confirmed earlier this week, Conte, that Ben Davis should be fit to face Brentford. He said Ben is okay and started to work with us last week. He has recovered. Um, we do know that Richardson underwent an MRI scan earlier in the week on that hamstring. So we will see, again, what that looks like. I think we saw reports. Ali Gold seemed to mention, I think we're looking at what, between, is it five to eight weeks? Please correct if I'm wrong, guys. I think it's between five to eight weeks for Richardson. So again, I think once we have it confirmed by the club, We'll obviously see what that pans out like. But a big, big blow given how great he was for Brazil. And Benson Cora's thing stands. Conte believes he should be fit for New Year's Day. But look, coming over to you, if I can, uh, Cracks. Spurs and Brentford do get the Premier League back up and running. It's the early kickoff on Boxing Day after a six-week hiatus, 12.30pm UK time. And I think, I'd say, Brentford come into this game, you would say, Cracks, on the back of what was a... Great, great win against Man City. Again, we've had a break in mm. terms of the season, so I don't know how that affects momentum. But, um, I mean, Ivan Tony's had a really <laughs> has had a really interesting last three or four months, to, to put it in the most politest and mildest way. What kind of Brentford side are we going to face? Because I think if someone said to me, pick a game you most fear away from home, this would be up there. They're going to be really up for this Brentford. They're going to be looking forward, I think, to coming to face Tottenham. And I am concerned they may get mm. us at the point and where... We're not going to be a hundred percent, given the injuries that Frank mentioned there. What do you think? But they could be the same, Rick. They they might have a, a bit of illness going round, a disruption, players coming back, uh, the momentum that they have from the City win gone because that was six weeks ago. So we don't know what they look like. Nobody knows what anything looks like in these first couple of games back because. We've never had this mid-season break. It's completely unique. So, um, I don't know. You kind of think maybe some of the continental players might not be so affected because this is something they've grown up with, where you get, you get that winter break and uh, that's something that they're, they're quite used to. So, it's very, very difficult. You know, if if Brentford had beat City last weekend and then this weekend it was the game, you go all that. That's a factor. So it's it's going to be very very odd. You're trying to nail Blamange to the wall here, aren't you? Really, (laughs) to try and predict how this game's going to go because nobody knows what they look like coming back either. So there's no momentum. There's no form. You know, in the last month we've been this, and in the last month they've been that. In the last month, it's just been been nothing. It's just been it's been the, the void. So. Very, very difficult. But 
I, I kind of think whatever team we put out, we do look we do look difficult to beat. It's going to be a tricky game, but we are always difficult to beat. So um, let's see, Rick. It just again, it's like transfer speculation, isn't it? Trying to speculate what's going to happen on Monday. I won't be there Saturday. It's yeah, it, it is. It really is just piddling in the wind, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's my last food analogy, by the way, everybody. And no just for Fiona's sake, just for Fiona's <laughs> sake, uh, Jace. You know, Brentford—they've shown that they're up, they're not again a stranger causing upset against the top six. I mean, they they obviously beat City's local rivals four 0 in United. They held Chelsea to a nil nil. So I don't think they're going to be fearing Spurs coming to town, Jace. I mean, I think they're going to be up for this one. How, how do you see this game panning out? No, they won't be fearing it. But you know, anyone keeps saying it's a tough place to go. There's there's Plenty of other teams have gone there and beaten them, though. You know, I've, I've seen well, Everton win yeah. there. Everton have won there. I mean, Arsenal went there and stuffed them earlier on in the season. And yeah. uh, I think Man United have beaten them their last season and things like that. So they're, they're not unbeatable at home. And, you know, we were absolutely shocking there last year and still got a point from it. So um, let, let's let's not make, make Brentford into being Real Madrid, for God's sake. But... Um, I think it will be a, a, a tough game just because of the unknown. But as Cracker says, they're in that same boat. Um, let's see what type of side we've got. I think if we get any anything from it, will be a bonus, I think. Just get through that first game, much like the, the opening day of the season when you're away from home. Um, so you'd be, happy with, with, you'd be happy with a 1-1, really? You'd be happy with a 1-1? Well, I think yeah? if, if we went there and got a result of some sort, then, then I wouldn't be too downhearted and, and you get that first game done. Particularly when it's away from home, no point away from home is a bad point. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, let's, I let's see how the, the yeah. one thing I think the one thing I've, the, one of one of Lee's blue book stats, if you like, I think Brentford have never lost a Premier League game in which they've scored first. It's an interesting one. I mean, so I the say first a, goal yeah. will be that's important. A that's a fact, yeah. though. I remember yeah. it, it is. up against City. Yeah, yeah. they've, they've yeah. never lost a Premier League game in which they've scored first. So yeah. you know that that tells you first game, first goal of the game, huge. And I'm convinced that if Kane plays, there will be a penalty in the game. <laughs> well, no, that just that. Yeah, just yeah. Does Kane take it, Jace? Well, well, it will be in the game. So it may well be that their crowd are so much onto him and Tony gets the penalty and people wanted Tony to go to the World Cup because he can take a penalty and he oh. just rolls it calmly into the corner and and then it's that told you so. See, he should have gone and taken the, the second penalty type of yeah. thing. So yeah. I'm just convinced that if Kane's on the pitch there will be a penalty at one end or the other. OK. Well, listen, Jace, let's get your prediction. Let's kick it off. What are you going to go for, Jace? There'll be a penalty in the game. And there you go. Again. That's my prediction. We'll That's my result. prediction. Okay. That is my prediction. There'll right. be a penalty in the game. Frankly, let's come around to you. I mean, so far, Bournemouth, have, uh, Bournemouth, Brentford have taken up 12 points from home. They've come most, like I say, on, on the home soil this season. It's also worth knowing that they've actually, only Bournemouth actually shipped more goals um, in the Premier League than than. Uh, Brentford seven this campaign. So listen, they're not strangers to conceding goals. Frank, you give me a positive prediction. Can you find one? Uh, I'll score draw, possibly. I just can't score see us draw. winning. If, if Kane starts, maybe we'll, we'll win. Um, if if the big, you know, some of the big guns are back. I'm talking Lloris, Kane, Perisic. If they'll feature, I, I believe we can get a, a, a win. But I'm going to go for a score draw. Okay. You, you do know your boys are down to do this game afterwards, right? You do know you're, you're, you're on this. You're meant to be coming on Boxing Day. You should be looking forward to it. Yeah. Score draws. Cracks, let's come over to you. Um, look, I mean, I think Brentford are going to welcome back no fewer than five players for this game. 
Uh, look, they may be tempted to set up with the same 11 as before. I think we'll address quickly another elephant in the room. Uh, Ivan Tony has been again charged over alleged breaches of the Football Association's betting rules. But I think it's important to say that as things stand, he is still available for selection for the time being. So, uh, Cracks, what do you think? You've got to give us a positive. Cracks, you're doing this show. What are you going to go for? You've got to give us a positive. Um- I'm going with a dull nil-nil draw. Oh so my God. we only have so we joking. only have a twelve minute show to do on Boxing Day and we can all go and watch Doctor uh, we can go and watch Doctor No, the bomb film on that <laughs> night. No, do you know what? I I reckon we might nick it. I don't know why. We just we, we look we always look solid. Whoever whoever plays for us. And I just got a feeling that We'll 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 pull it round. Kane, Kane will be back. Kane will score. Yeah, yeah. It would be great. Yeah. It would be great for Harry. I think we nick it one nil. Yeah, I mean, I don't not to put the knockers on things. Spurs generally do seem to have good results over the festive period. So there we go. I have gone. I have gone and said it. Um, look, I think it's important. Like I say, you, you take into account what we've got to come. You want to start fast. You really, really do because mm. the way the Premier League has been, you know, having this break in between, I, I do concern myself the way you start a season as well. If you don't start fast for the second half of it, or should we say for this break in between, I do worry we pick up momentum. We've got Villa coming to town, as Frank mentioned. Unai Emery will be up for that. He will be up for that. You know, Villa are looking decent since he's come in through the door. And they got beaten by Manchester United, um, obviously, in one of the games that he played. But Villa has started turning a corner there, so it's not going to be easy. Uh, Joe just wants to fit in a transfer comment here. We'll let Joe bring that in. Joe says here, after the summer window and still not addressing the defence, nobody can tell me that this board are doing all they can. Second and third choices targets won't cut it. Look, Joe, we shall have to see, of course, what comes in January. And like I say, it's coming fast, so we're going to know exactly where Spurs stand. But, um, Jace, massive thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you back with us on Boxing Day. Thank you so much. No problem, mate. Looking forward to it. Yeah, should be good. Hopefully we're talking about a cracker of a win. You get that, I, cracker? I, I, I did just... I was going to say, you know, when we were talking earlier about that nobody's coming into it with any form, England have just won 3 0 in Pakistan. You know, <laughs> well, England are banging in form. You know, we've turned one, one win in 17 into nine wins in 10. That's what you call form. Listen, save, saving the best till last. Why not? We're going to end on some form of high. Frankie, thank you so much, mate. We're looking forward to having you back on for Boxing Day. Love it to have you back on, mate. Um, We've got to keep the faith, Frankie, right? Let's find a way. We've got to find a way. Yeah, I just I just hope that obviously we get through this period, get the players back, and in January, back Conte. And and hopefully that, that if we back him, those signings yeah. might replicate what Ben Sequoia and Kulisevsky done for us last January yeah. and uh, allowed us to finish top four. Absolutely. And early, Frank. Early, Frank. Before January yeah. the 15th. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Yeah. yes. I think people forget Kulisevsky and Bensakor, they came in literally, what, the first, last few days of that January window. You do feel for everyone's mood around the camp. It'd be nice to have them in fairly early like we did with the summer, to be fair to them. But look, we will see what comes. Cracks, love to have you back on, mate. Thank you so much. Looking forward to having you back on Boxing Day. Hopefully talking about a Tottenham win. Fingers crossed, Cracks. Yes, let's hope so. And uh, just to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and hope you have a Lovely day spent with people you love. This time of year isn't for everybody. And if it's you're one of those, I hope you sort of get through that. And we'll be here Boxing Day as a little bit of company. And uh, listen, it's one day. Come Boxing Day, football's back and it just feels yeah. a bit normal, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, but, but a Merry Christmas to everyone. Yeah, Merry yeah. Christmas to all the listeners and uh, viewers. Yeah, thank Unless you so much. Unless you're the support that's trying to get on the, the chat line, in which case I hope you have a 
damn miserable one, a pointless Christmas and a really crappy 2023 and everything you wish for collapses and burns. And everything that comes with batteries has no batteries. Yeah, exactly. You ain't got what you wanted for Christmas, you miserable people. Well, I don't want to end it on that, but I will just reiterate what Frankie and Cracks and Jay said before they were, they turned into, into evil people. Is that, honestly, guys, thank you so much for all of your incredible support throughout this year, last year, and all the years supporting Last One and Spurs. I think we're all humbled by the audience size we get for Last One and Spurs. So on behalf of Jason, Cracks, Frankie from Lee, let's hope Lee's back well with us for Boxing Day as well. Please, guys, keep safe, keep well. Have a very healthy, happy Christmas. We're back with you on Boxing Day. As always, keep the faith and come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.